Welcome to Spritz and Scrums, a podcast by three Benetton fans with a love for Aperol and all things Rugby Italiano. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. We are thrilled to have somebody very, very special with us for this Christmas. Let's call it a Christmas special episode. Should we go with that? Yeah, sounds good. Well, I'm just going to do it. Ladies and gentlemen, Paolo Adogwoo. We're just saying before we started recording that this is a conversation that has been in the pipeline from pre the first Italy camp. So almost six months ago. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. Finally, finally made it on the pod, so happy to be here. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. But yes, no, it's amazing to have you have you on. Grazie mille. Uh, we've got some notes for our for our questioning, but Coach seems to think just the fact that you're from Birmingham is enough to fill out an hour worth of, of podcast <laughs> or whatever it is. Because oh, Coach yeah, is I can do a full podcast on Birmingham. <laughs> <laughs> the do's and don'ts of Birmingham. <laughs> well, yeah, there's a long list there, isn't it? Yeah. I feel like there's probably more don'ts than do's for Birmingham. Yeah. <laughs> Were you Birmingham well, born and bred? Well, technically I was born in Coventry, which is, um, my, some would say worse, but it's <laughs> character building. <laughs> but then, then I moved to Birmingham when I was five and then obviously was there for majority of my life. So yeah. And have you been to the O'Neills in Sully Hall? Ah, Sully Hall's not Birmingham, doesn't count. Oh, I'm so glad you said not that. Birmingham. <laughs> We've been saying this for ages to coach. We're like, you don't count. It's not Birmingham. It's over there somewhere. Like, we don't go there. <laughs> but you went to, uh, I think, King Edwards. Is that right? Yeah, Edgbaston. So did you know uh, Miles Benjamin? I mean, probably a few years above. Funnily enough, our parents are friends, which is really strange because the first my first ever introduction to rugby was was a like a kids camp at my school I, I hadn't even joined the school yet I was just going this was in the summer and he was like a guest uh, coach there no way that's I amazing like, I was like I swear I recognize this guy and then I found out I said it to my parents and my mom, I was like yeah we're friends because our, our parents are friends I was like huh but then obviously he was playing for Tigers and stuff at the time so that was like the first sort of link I had in rugby I was like oh that's quite cool Oh, that's awesome. Mm, that's cool. Oh, well, that's really cool. We So Eddie and I are actors, and we went to drama school with his brother, Matt. Um, and I remember once Miles came round, we, I, Matt was my housemate, and, I mean, he walked through the door, and literally I was like, I don't think we have anywhere to put this man. He is so He's big. Massive, yeah. He's, <laughs> I think he was the biggest rugby player I'd ever seen in my life. Um, but that's amazing. And uh, I think, Coach, you wanted to get into king edwards but they wouldn't let you in yeah they wouldn't let me in <laughs> didn't, didn't pass the test <laughs> it happens can't win them all actually i went to uh see miles play at the stoop uh well a while ago now with his brother and the whole thing was such a mess up first of all the tickets we ended up i think getting danny cares family tickets or something by mistake <laughs> so then there was a whole thing where some harlequins players families couldn't get in because we had their tickets and then Miles scored a try, but we had the world's like really low down at the end. So we thought he'd butchered it. And then we had to call Miles's parents to ask him if he scored it. Because we couldn't even see. I mean, they were like, watching on TV and they were like, yeah, how didn't you see? Yeah. You guys are at the game. Um, yeah. yeah. But that's cool. We can credit Miles then as kind of being your first introduction to rugby. Yeah, he was there. And I actually bumped into him in Hong Kong randomly in 2016. No way for rugby. Said, yeah, is it, well, I was playing in the the Hong Kong tens for Samurai, <sighs> and then we went to watch the sevens on the Friday, and I was in some random bar in like the area that everyone went out, and I literally bumped into him, and I was like, "This is awesome. what are the chances?" That's insane. <laughs> yeah. <It> was oh. cool. <laughs> wow. Well, so moving on a little bit from school rugby, um, we know what happened last year at Wasps. My big question is. How did you end up at Benetton? Because we had Jacob on the podcast, I'm going to say eight months ago, probably. 
And we put it to him that there were some rumors and he very, very coolly, very professionally was like, I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> and to this day, he says that he wasn't sure. I think he was sure. Um, but how did it work? Were you, was it the FIR that approached you? Was it Bannerton that came to you? What sort of happened in that period with wasps and everything? Obviously, you went to France for a bit. It's kind of almost before I, the whole wasp thing even happened that this kind of conversation started because I had the, I think it was when, so the season I kind of had my sort of breakout year or whatever with wasps and I was doing really well. I was playing, scoring. That was when I first got the call from Italy. At the time, it was Franco Smith that was head coach, I think. Yeah. Was that and that's pre, when I, post-COVID? Pre, pre- that was during COVID. It was during So it was like 20, 2021. So it was like yeah. no fans in the stadium that time. Weird <sighs> time. But yeah. um, so that's when I got like the first, I think that was because no one knew I was had Italian heritage before that. So it kind of, I don't even know how it even came out. Wow. And then, oh, actually I do know because our... Our strength and conditioning coach at WASP, Pete Atkinson, used to be the strength and conditioning coach for Italy. Uh, so I think we were just having a conversation about it. And then I think I brought it up. I was like, yeah, I'm, my dad's Italian. And he's like, oh, no way. He's like, do you want me to chat to him? I was like, yeah, why not? Yeah, and then that whole thing kind of started. But then that was a time I ended up going with England to the Six Nations. Mm-hmm. And that's a famous infamously not playing at all, which was a blessing in disguise. For, it especially was. Now. Yeah, it was. I mean... I think it it was in the long run because I think everyone was scared that Eddie Jones might do the thing where he sort of gives you a a couple the of minutes, drop. yeah, yeah, the the, the lock oh, yeah. in, and then and then because he, he's done that to people before, it seems. yeah. Uh, but you yeah. went, you got the stash, <laughs> sold it all. Did you? <laughs> I was like, I've got no need for this. I don't want it. That's amazing. <laughs> I was like, it took those. So much, I was like, I I've got no room for this. So this, this can go. Someone oh, who actually God. wants it can take it. And then, yeah, away it went. Don't tell Eddie I'm that. Not, <laughs> I'm not very, well, he's in Japan now, so it's fine. <laughs> but I'm not very sentimental when it comes to kit. Because oh, okay. over the years, apart from like jerseys, like match jerseys. Yeah. Like my my um, debut jersey from Italy, I've still got it with the blood on it. From no way. <laughs> I haven't washed it. And the sleeve that I wore, I haven't washed it. That's Still amazing. In blood. Are you just going to frame it with the blood? I think that would be great. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, I can't. That's, that's memories. I can't change that. Oh, well, if you've got any spare socks lying around, send them our way. That's the one thing that has always happens at games. Kids always ask for socks. Why is it socks? I guess because they think it's easy and you won't really care about them. Yeah, it's true. But I almost got fined at the World Cup for giving a kid my socks. No way. Actually. Because there's very strict branding rules in the World Cup. And I had, um, like, you know, the grip socks, like the under socks. So I don't really wear the full sock. It's just like the top half. Right. Oh. And I had a different brand's grip socks that wasn't allowed in the World Cup. So, and someone, but I took, this is after the game. And obviously I'm going around the side, like talking to the Italian fans, gave some kids my socks. And then someone took a picture from behind there's like an independent, like, fine committee. So this picture in our team meeting comes up of me just socks on, on the, like, on the side of the picture. It's like, come on. Didn't get fined. Actually, I, I still don't know if I've gotten fined, but, yeah. Still don't know. You should open your but post just in case. Yeah, yeah make sure you open <laughs> your post. Sucks. Otherwise, next thing you know, you're, 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 you're like us and you've got Gatwick Airport chasing you for 160 quid. <laughs> there's a £5 fine and the fuckers now want 170 quid. That's an episode for another day, but they're going to show oh my up at my house. <laughs> but, but now, what, 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 socks what, off me. Yeah. what brand is it that you were illegally advertising on the world stage? I literally got them off Amazon. Like they, they don't even have a name on them. Oh, right. <laughs> they just had like there's just a pattern on the back. They had like these black squares on the back, which apparently not allowed. So. That is bizarre. Wow. Well. Wow. Yeah. Well, if you're not sentimental about stash, you know it. it we said from the beginning, we set up the podcast. We want two things from life. We want Stash and we want Sebastian Negri to invite us to a barbecue. Because uh, <laughs> I think he does a mean barbecue. He looks like someone who should, who should do a mean barbecue. He can barbecue, yeah. He hasn't invited me to one, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> so you're also <laughs> hoping for an invite to a barbecue. Well, well maybe fair, usually the, um, the barbecuing goes to the Argentinian boys. So natural. Yeah. Great barbecuer. 
Yeah, I can imagine. We had a few team barbecues. It's one of the things I really want to do if I ever sort of, I really want to plug this idea to someone. I don't know who to plug it to, but I think there should be a Benetton barbecue off because you've got those guys, yeah. the Argentinians, you've got the South the Africans, South Africans yeah. and then you, and then you've got the Canones, you know, Florence, obviously famous for its oh, steak. He's, yeah. So I think there's a, there's a whole, <gasps> you have like a real some... cook-off. We could do some content. I'll just there. sit there and eat it. Yeah. You yeah. could be the judge. Yeah. You could be the judge. Like, judge. You could have your own table in the middle, almost like a throne, and they have to come and present it to you like MasterChef. Play it. Yeah. And then just hold up little numbers with whatever score I'm you want to give you. Okay, we'll make this happen. That's that's for 2024, guys. The, the big Benetton barbecue off. Great. <laughs> I don't know how we ended up down this, but yes. So sorry, you were playing um, and you had a great breakout year during COVID. Oh yeah, sorry. I was like, what, <laughs> Just what to get story? Us back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sorry, I do. I, I go on tangents. And then, yeah, basically, that was when I had the first sort of taste of Italy, were even interested, and then sort of fast forwarding to the wasp thing happening. I had the offer from Benetton initially, but at that time, obviously, Jacob wasn't there, Malika wasn't there. So for me personally, I was like, I don't know if this is what I want to do straight away. And then I had the offer from Paris, so I was like it's kind of a once in a lifetime opportunity to go and just live in the center of Paris for a year, even if it was for a short time. So I was like, I feel like I've got, like, I felt like it was the right time for me to do that. Yeah. And obviously experience playing in the top 14, like again, something that especially playing in England, you don't get a chance to do a lot, especially sort of in the middle of your career. Mm. So for me, I was like, I was like, okay, I'm going to go do this. Loved my time there. And then when it was coming to the end and I knew I wasn't going to be there, at yeah. the for the next season was when it started being like and that's when I'd start talking to Kieran as well so I was like this is kind of falling into place perfectly now yeah so I've got the I've had my time here I've loved it and now I can fully finally dive into this whole Italian thing but oh. club and country at the same time so yeah it's it was amazing all perfect timing. how it all came together at once just so so clever and so great and as you say it's sort of hard to turn down an opportunity to live in Paris, like in Paris. For yeah, that was, I was like, yes. Did you love it? It was so good. Like, I was living like a two minute walk from the Notre Dame. I was like, I, I could cycle into training past the Eiffel Tower. It was, it's very Emily in Paris, but Paolo in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> it was unbelievable. But at the same time, it was like, I was like, long term is not like probably great for my life, but I don't know how great it would be for my rugby. Sure. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but that's, so, that's like a blessing in disguise as well, because, you know, loads of people with the tragedies that happened to the clubs opened up windows for people to experience other clubs for short periods of times, you know, as a, as a medical joker. And then some of the other English guys have gone out there and then decided that it, they, they will be staying. Forever. Yeah, yeah. So I think it kind of opened a lot of people's eyes in terms of like, there's leagues outside the premiership and there's yeah. a different, because I feel like, especially growing up in England, you're very comfortable like around the language around everything like you're you're fine so going out of your comfort zone and being like okay I actually don't really understand what's going on here the culture is very different style of rugby is very different I don't speak the language it's a big jump which I feel like some people wouldn't do but for me I was like I'm embracing it and I wanted to I wanted to go and learn the language I wanted to do all of that so it was a great time for me and obviously now I'm doing the same thing in Italy but I think it was also helpful because it gave me that first experience of living outside of my own country, but in a place where it was probably easier because a lot of people in Paris obviously speak English because it's such a touristy place. Mm. So it's kind of that um, soft launch into, yeah, I don't yeah. need to just rely on French because I do speak a bit of French, but it was like, if I spoke French and they heard that I was English, they'd reply in English. Yeah. <laughs> so, whereas now I'm like... <laughs> it's full immersion. It's, yeah, it's fully, I'm fully in, like, Jamisa is a very Italian city, which is nice. But I also feel like Italians are a lot more willing to help when it comes to language. Yeah, then especially and the French I, yeah. in Paris. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I've noticed that with the Italians. Yeah, they're very humble. I mean, I'm obviously absolutely fluent, fluent in Italian, as you can tell whenever I say something that, you know, I, I go to a weekly lesson to get my Italian up to, I think, the B1 standard I need. Anyway. Uh, yeah, and then I'll stop. But no, it is when when you order something, they they sort of like politely let you say what you're going to say, and then sort of give you a mini lesson. Mm, they correct all the, which I find really useful. Yeah, they correct your yeah, ending. Correct all the little errors. Yeah, it's the endings. It's always the endings. Always, it's always the, endings. the 
yeah the masculine and feminine endings yeah that's what gets you if it makes you guys feel better my dad is italian like we're all italian and we still we also sometimes get the endings confused um when you're when you've say you've mentioned a noun and then he's talking about that noun after having mentioned it he'll turn it into a female noun and my mom will be like what are you doing but he's italian but so Mm. don't worry you'll be fine (laughs) how is it going it's good we actually so we had a um a supporters club dinner for benetton last night which was nice and i was actually able to have a very short italian conversation with a few people so i was like that's great because i mean come on let's not beat around the bush it's not like you've been there for ages now you've been at the club for a few months max right because before you were taken up with italy yeah and that was even more confusing because obviously at the world cup we're in france yeah so i was like (laughs) this is i was like i actually know what's going on here And I was kind of being semi-translator for like the French waiters and stuff. And I was like, okay, I'm trying to learn a different language now, but now I'm spending two months speaking French again. So. Oh God, yeah. I think that makes you even classier. But then I, then I started saying French words into when I was trying to speak Italian and it was all getting mixed up. So I was yeah. like, okay, I need to pick one. Oh my God, it's a, it is a nightmare. I remember doing my French, I, do, I was doing Spanish GCSE and then I was like, oh, well, I kind of speak a bit of French. So I'll do the French one as well, having not studied it at GCSE, just took the exam. And I ended up, I'm pretty sure in this oral exam, I was speaking French, Italian, Spanish. I, I mean, a, a complete mess, like focus on one. <laughs> the, t- the teacher's like, I don't know what's going on, but it's yeah. languages. It sort of sounds <laughs> Latin-y, so yeah, yeah. go, go yeah. with it. <laughs> So for your Italian, what are you doing? Are you doing get, getting lessons or are you on just the Duolingo? Well, both. Which I'm over a hundred days now, by the way. I'm over a hundred <laughs> days. I know. <laughs> I got to, I got to like a 150 day streak and I just got so sick of the app sending me notifications. <laughs> I purposely lost my streak. <laughs> uh... well, I was like, I feel so... I was like, I feel so free now. <laughs> I've been like saying this. It's like an abusive relationship. This app. It is. The I've got. I've, I put the widget on the on the home screen. Yeah, I've, I've got the same. I've got the same. It's and he so gets just sends you notifications. Oh. He gets legitimately like, like terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You. Where are you? Well, then he'll I'm like, like. I'm just it's... having dinner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it gets like weirdly manipulative manipulative he'll be like oh you've done really well i'm really happy right now it'd be great if you cut this up and then if you don't he's like what are you doing why aren't you doing come on you're making me sad it's like so so manipulative yeah and it sends you the different characters there's the one lily which is like the emo girl and it's like do you lesson or not i don't care and i'm like <laughs> I'm getting mixed messages here. No, oh, Lily, Lily, Lily's this is really got, toxic. Lily's got a, a real attitude on her, but there's a lovely yeah. character in, in um, I don't know her name. She wears a hijab, and she's always really encouraging. Aww. Yeah, she's positive. I need that. I need that energy. Yeah, she's always like really like you're doing great. I'm like, oh, thanks. Grazie. <laughs> I just get passive aggressive ones still, and well, I haven't done because you've I, not even done a day, coach. What's no, your streak? <laughs> Some of the headlines on the email, it would be like, oh, is, there yeah. a <laughs> <laughs> "Is there a problem?" <laughs> like, excuse me, are you threatening me by email? Do, do you want to talk about it in Italian? Yeah. I feel like we're drifting apart. It's like, <laughs> who is this? Like, I don't know you. It's a digital owl. <laughs> oh, but do your parents speak Italian? My dad did. My dad was born in Bologna, so he's fluent. My oh. mum, she did speak. She, I think she understands a little bit, but obviously not as much now because there's no need. Yeah. But um, yeah, my dad is fluent. Amazing. So my, so my dad speaks to his parents in Italian and English, uh, which is now annoying for me. Cause I'm like, why didn't you just teach me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. That would have really helped. Were they thrilled? Like, was it something that he wanted, like your dad in terms of you playing for Italy or, or was it not really something he ever thought you would pursue? I think it was kind of like a... Because they obviously they saw what happened to me before with all of that. And I think with me coming here and then starting to play for Italy, he's like, I feel like you belong in this team. Yeah. Like, I feel like this is the one. That's so so cool. it was really good. And yeah, now they were buzzing. And my, I think trying to, it was funny trying to explain it to my grandparents. They didn't really get it. They're like, so he's playing for Italy? Like, what? <laughs> what? Okay, cool. Great, I think. <laughs> But they don't know rugby, so they were just like, yeah, as long as he's doing well. Fine. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're like, he's going to the World Cup. They're like, what's that? <laughs> what's that? I was like, nice. 
guys, you'll see me on TV. You'll know it's a, it's a real thing. <laughs> see me singing the Italian anthem in there. Ah. Oh, well, I, I mean, I'm obviously we're biased, but for me, you made complete sense the moment you stepped onto the field for the first time in an Italy shirt. Like it just felt so natural, like so symbiotic, the way that Italy play. And I think the way that I think from what I've seen, you want to play, which is kind of expansive, exciting rugby. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know, compared to no disrespect, blah, 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 blah. But compared to the way that English rugby is, for me, the way that you play mm. just makes so much more sense and is so much fun to watch with Italy. Oh, definitely. It's just more, um, you feel more relaxed automatically because of the way you play. You know, there's kind of going to be a couple mistakes. There's going to be a yeah. couple of things that don't go completely right. But you're like, that's oh, okay. We'll just keep going. So if you have that sort of mindset going into it, you gen generally play more freely and for me that's how I play my best when I'm relaxed and I'm yeah. loose so definitely suits myself and that does make sense I guess because there's always that pressure with the bigger the team the more pressure there is every time there's either a six nations or a big tournament that yeah that you always feel like England are tense just tense and so from mm. to me watching England for the last few years has felt not fun I think maybe you're right because they're there's less freedom because they're more tense. There's more pressure. Like at the end of the day, everyone wants to play exciting rugby. Yeah. Like, cause everyone wants to enjoy it. And a lot of, sometimes it's not the most pragmatic way to win games, but like in terms of actually having fun and scoring and just doing things that are like, especially in today's rugby, when you've got like South Africa, just beating teams up for 80 minutes and winning by a point. Yeah. It's, like, yeah. it's not, it's not fun to watch. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's also, not fun to be a part of because you're the ones running into brick walls for eight minutes. Right, I'm sure. <laughs> so if you're actually if your game plan is actually trying to find space and trying to be a yeah. bit free, actually, one, it actually is better on your body because you're not taking as much contact, and two, it's more fun. So, so definitely, definitely support the way. And how? Just because I feel like it is important to mention the World Cup, which now feels like it's a little way away. But how do you? How did you feel? And how do you think? the World Cup went for Italy overall? How did you guys feel at the end of it? Two great games and then two games that didn't go to plan, but were always going to be really, really difficult games. How was the general feeling at the end for you and for the whole team? I think it was a weird one because it ended so anticlimactically, especially after we'd won four games in a row. Because like I'd just come into the team and I was like, oh, we're doing really well. This yeah, is nice. Yeah. Obviously, we played Ireland and Scotland, which were tough games, but we were close. And then yeah. go and beat Romania, Japan, go beat Namibia, Uruguay. And I was like, okay, we're rolling here. Like, this is building. And then I think we awoke the beast a bit with the All Blacks because, well, not us personally. I think the press really played against us because they were like, Italy going to win, Italy going to win. They kept pushing the narrative. <laughs> and obviously, I've, like, I've been on the other side of that before. And as the other team, you'd be like, now nah, like what's going on here right so i think that that yeah that was the best game the all blacks have played in a probably yeah. year yeah so we and spoke about that to bring it out on us yeah yeah we spoke about that a lot on the on this building up to it because the more people mentioned it then we're like oh. i was like please stop you know yeah. that's not how it's historically that's not how the all blacks respond yeah, yeah. To that. <laughs> like if they have a bad performance they come out biblically yeah and, that, and that's what we're that's basically what what we saw happening whereas france could go the other way historically france could have mm. a, a bad game and then get in their shells and then the pressure of the fans get on top of them potentially not this team but teams of old italian uh, french teams of old would do that but yeah i mean the more people talk about the all blacks not being good the angrier the all blacks get the <laughs> yeah like i've never actually like physically experienced being on the pitch and being like i actually have no idea what's going on like you'd blink and they've scored somewhere and I'm like, like, are we just really bad? Or are they just the best team that's ever played? They were just but the best like, team. It was incredible how good they were and in that game. You saw that like that game was kind of the catalyst for the rest of their run because then they went and they obviously they beat Ireland. They got all the way to the final. And I was like, I wanted them to win. So Yay! I was like, yeah, you know what? <laughs> it wasn't us. <laughs> yeah. They're just really good. Yeah. But they were really good. Yeah. It wasn't us. It was also that they are really, really good. Yeah. And I think it kind of the first 20 minutes like took the steam out of it for us. And it was kind of hard to get back into it. Yeah. And that's probably something that we need to work on is trying to slow down that momentum because 
that wasn't our like we could have played a lot better than that regardless of like we still scored 17 points but it's like we scored 17 points against the All Blacks playing badly yeah yeah so there's still a lot more there's still a lot more room to go in there yeah for sure but and then going into the French game it was like I think the whole tournament and build-up had kind of had its wear from then because it's a long process like we go into camp in July and you're just there different hotels different different places out of your comfort zone constantly by that time you've been in France for six weeks in the same place yeah and you're kind of yeah. just like it's it's mentally draining so getting to that last game was like I don't know how the teams manage when they go to the final because that's another month mm-hmm. yeah for me being there I was like I'm so tired like just like mentally you don't get a lot of downtime in that period right like even you might get like the odd day off or whatever but really you're you're still in the camp so even if you've got a day off you're still going back to like it's not like okay guys go off home for three days that's not a thing yeah Um, that's the thing and also because of where we were based so we were in um Bourguin which is like quite a small little town uh, 40 minutes outside Lyon so it wasn't even like we could just walk out the hotel and we're somewhere if you want to go into Lyon you have to get the train or you have to get the we take the coach uh, or stuff so even when you want to do something it's like yeah it's a journey in itself so but it got to a point I was literally, so the hotel had like um, like e-bikes outside it. I was literally just taking a bike, cycling to the train station, going to Leon by myself. <laughs> I was just like, I just, I just need a change of scenery. How low in Leon? <laughs> yeah, it was literally just me just roaming around Leon on my own. Because this, this, that's what I do when I'm at home. Like I just yeah. wander. Wander the so streets I was like, of I need Coventry it. and Birmingham. <laughs> or Birmingham or Paris or wherever I am. Yeah. now I just wander. So I was like, I need to get a bit of that. Otherwise I'm going to lose my mind. No, it's so important. Um, and th- but then that finished and you went straight to Treviso, right? Yeah, well, I had um, a couple of weeks off. So I went, actually went back to the mighty Birmingham for a week, spent some time at home, chilled out a bit. And then because I, I actually drove my car from England to here. So that second week I started the the great expedition across the across Europe. Oh, uh, did you love it? Here, which was the, the drive? <laughs> I don't know. Did you take it slow or did you like power through? I actually, so I... Stopped in Paris for two days, okay. which was nice and I could catch up with friends and stuff. And then I stayed in Lyon for a night. I actually drove past the hotel that we stayed in for the World Cup, <laughs> had a bit of PTSD. Yeah, and then yeah. swore made, at it through like, the window. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then the last day I went straight from Lyon to here. So that was like a, a nine hour, nine hour drive <gasps> over the Alps. Oh, you went over. Nice. Yeah. The, I think the French are the best motorway drivers in the world. And I'll say that driving in Paris sucks. Okay, everyone knows that. But when <laughs> you're on the motorway, they hug the slow lane. They come out to overtake. They go back. They're yeah. very disciplined. Oh yeah. yeah, everyone's very. Then when I came into Italy, it's a free for <laughs> Oh yeah, I and it's like, pot... it goes like pothole central as well, from like the French and the Swiss <laughs> roads to like. Oh, there were some lovely mountain roads on the way over. I was like, this is scenic. Yeah. Going up, you go through, and then there's like a 15 minute long tunnel. Yeah. And then you come out, and you're in Italy, and I was like am i in italy now like what's going on and then all the signs change language like oh okay we did that a few years ago and i was so cliche we had the uh as soon as we came out that tunnel i put on like the james bond like themes all of them like the playlist (laughs) like such a cliche but i was like it felt appropriate (laughs) at that moment no it was good but yeah by that time i was so sick of being in a car i was like yeah i just need to get that yeah yeah well actually because you did that what then so two nights one night yeah basically you did birmingham to treviso in like four days which is pretty good mm-hmm. going that's nuts that sounds like an autobiography title <laughs> <laughs> birmingham to treviso <laughs> in four days what happened the most annoying thing was obviously because my car's a right-hand drive and i didn't realize how many tolls there are in italy <laughs> Every toll booth, I'm climbing over the seat, just like. Oh my god, I totally forgot about that because obviously when we did it, yeah. there was two of us in the car, so one of us could, you know, the passenger side. That's a nightmare. I was getting like cramp in my back. I was like reaching over. I was like, I'm so done with this. And it's toll <laughs> so I didn't road know that telepass was a thing. Yeah. So many tolls. They love a toll road. Just it's a toll to get to the toll to get. I'm like, yeah. what, what am I paying for? <laughs> Just go in a straight line for 50 kilometres. Like, oh uh, although, isn't the yeah. only toll road in, in the UK, the Birmingham to Manchester one? M6 toll. 
Yeah. No. Endlich's toll. That's a good toll. It is a good toll. I've um, Oh, so I... that one's good. Also, the foreign <laughs> ones aren't <laughs> good, but the Birmingham yeah. toll road, that's the... the Birmingham one's great. Because you only have to pay once. There's none of this grab the ticket. It's true. But... Isn't it the... There's no speed cameras on the M6 toll. Yeah, no, there's no speed cameras. And there's no speed cameras. I hate what... the pull the ticket and then you have to try and find the ticket an hour later, yeah. even though it should just be on the seat, but it's never it's on the not... seat. <laughs> But are there really no ca- no speed cameras? Because I that would be really useful if somebody fact checked. On the Birmingham one, no, it's really? just a free for all. Yeah. Okay, great. I always thought that was a myth, so I was always unsure about how quickly I could go. But now, no, I've had definitely it, none. I've had it on good authority. If I ever get a fine, Paolo, I'm coming for you. I'm like, I'm like I don't even live there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> they must have added it last year. Yeah, yeah. Actually, coach, that's something you could fact check. You live up there. Go and check it. Every well, I'm well. driving to Manchester. I might try it. I might try it. I'm sure there's smarter Manchester. ways of, of of finding out if it's true or not. That isn't just ragging it to Manchester <laughs> and then hoping, seeing if anything happens. Just see how fast you can go. Just let me get another ticket. <laughs> <laughs> I guess my follow-on question post World Cup is obviously, how do you think Italy is going to change under Casada, who you know? Yeah, no, he was my coach for yeah. basically a year. So I think it's good. I like, I get on with him really well. I think he'll be good. And also because he is multilingual, which always helps. Yeah. And like he came, so we had we had a meeting the other day and I think he's been learning Italian for maybe four months and he did the whole meeting in Italian. And I was like, how, how have you done that? It's the Argentinians. I, I tell just... you, the Argentinians, it's, they're basically yeah. all fluent in Italian. It blows my mind. I think um, Argentina has the second biggest Italian-speaking community in the world. And I'm not sure how that's happened, but they all speak Italian within like a week of being in Italy. I was just like, you're making me look really bad now. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. And also, I didn't understand what was going on. So I was like, no, this is just getting worse. <laughs> But no, it was good. He kind of joked that he was like, oh, Paolo's heard me say all this before it's done, so it's fine. And like, you were yeah. like, yeah, whatever he's saying. Yeah, I agree. I was like, that. are you saying it in French last time? <laughs> but no, it was good. I think it will, especially because he's got a lot of experience coaching in France and in Europe, it'll be good for obviously playing against the teams in the Six Nations with that, with that kind of style. Because coaching the top four team, you're coming up against like, Cheslin Colby's and people like every week it's like you we need to figure ways around it so I think it'll be good mm. I think it'll be good because that's it I guess like what as outsiders what we've seen over the last I guess World Cup the Six Nations that have gone past the last couple of years under Kieran and I mean I'm a Kieran super fan I thought he was amazing and what he did with Benetton and then also kind of brought through into Italy just creating opportunities and attack which obviously mm. for you must be really cool um I guess what we would say maybe that now needs to come together is that defense um in a way that you know kieran was allowing so much freedom and so much space but then obviously some of the defensive stuff needs to come together so i imagine casada will be eyeing that up as as what he will want to focus on without taking away or trying to change too much of what kieran built the sort of kicking plan as well because maris goosen is still still there as the the defense coach but the Lots of people that were critical of Italy's playing style in some ways. It was mainly about the sort of running it from dangerous areas. Everywhere. Everywhere. (laughs) But then Benetton haven't been doing that this season. It's been a very sort of different style of what they've been playing. We actually played kind of like an English team at Benetton, which is getting results. That's what we said. Look at Coach's smile. He's so smug. That's literally what he was saying last week. (laughs) That smug face. He never pulls that smug face. I'm allowed. But it helps, obviously, when we've got um, Andy and Jacob, both loads of experience in England. Yeah. So that helps kind of bring all that structure in. And then from that structure, you can have a bit of the chaos. But I think we've we've built our whole sort of game and now we're getting wins off. Just teams can't score against us. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Like, it's hard to break us down. And I think that's the kind of the key to winning. Because I've been in, when I was at Wasp, we had a season where we'd score 35 points in a game, but we'd still lose. Mm. so it's like should we feel good about the attack or be like why can't we defend so i'm more than happy to win 13 10 every week if we're winning yeah this is what we said last uh, two weeks ago we were like is it better to watch your team play like england but still win or want the wonder tries and like the excitement but lose and we were like "Mm, an interesting an interesting uh dichotomy and then we decided no it's it's much better to just win 
<laughs> yeah, it's basically deciding between us and Zebra because yeah. Zebra get bonus points every week. Yeah. And they score a lot, but it's, it's all crazy. And then we yeah. are very structured and very direct, but we're winning. And the last two games, we've got bonus points. So the tries are slowly coming now. It is coming. Yeah. So I was going to ask you, yeah, is it, do you think a couple of weeks ago, the three of us were sat here going, it feels like we're starting to watch Benetton become a bit like England in the way in which they play. But then in the last two weeks, that's definitely shifted. And as you say, the attack is, has come and, and the tries are coming. Did something happen? A couple, like, was something said? Or do you think it was just a matter of time for it to all come together? I think we're kind of taking it on ourselves, especially as a backline, to be like, look, we're getting put in good situations based on our defence and based on we're winning penalties and teams are giving us the ball. Now it's time that we actually do something with it. So I think Jacob's really taking control of the attack. Like he basically is the, he's the quarterback of the team. Like he's directing traffic. He's every week, he's going through all the plays, making sure every everyone's details right. And I think that's starting to show now that we're... Yeah starting to execute these things where maybe a couple of weeks ago we weren't because we're already we're always creating the chances but something would go wrong at the end and now that's something that we are directly focusing on because we're like in those big games when you're coming up against your lenses and the monsters you get that one chance you have to score it so I think that's something that we're definitely trying to push now it was so satisfying getting that bonus point win this weekend oh yeah the great turnover penalty yeah, that was you. Uh, that's, that's, that's why I got so excited after. I was like, I didn't know we needed the bonus point. Did I you thought not? we scored four already. <laughs> because I looked at the score and I was like, oh, that's got to be four tries in there somewhere. <laughs> when I'm on the pitch, I just, I just go with it. It was brilliant. It was, it was superb. And then a bit of Rhino Smith magic dust. I don't even know what happened. I was like, I saw the penalty and I saw him in the corner. I was like, oh, cool. Nice. And then you were like, oh, and a, and a bonus point. I was like, how long is left? Oh, it's full time. Nice, cool. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go home. Let's go get a pizza. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, you can feel that it's coming together because we were saying the last few weeks, like the defence is so solid and you guys have clearly worked magic. And when we spoke to Jacob, it was just before um, they were breaking up and he was talking about coming back for pre-season and how ridiculously long pre-season was going to be this year because of the World Cup and everything. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, we put a thing out the other day. I was like, this man has been working hard because he has now cemented his, himself as like, yeah, the quarterback for Benetton and his kicking is on form and he's on form. And it's just, it's great to see everything kind of coming together. And the players like you, Fakitara, like you guys have slotted in so comfortably into the team. It just feels like such a natural, easy blend. I don't know if that's how it feels for you guys playing, but oh, just to watch. For me as well, it helps because coming into the team, I basically played with everyone already. Yeah. I mean, because your first game, you played at Treviso first for Italy before you played in Treviso for Benetton. Yeah. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah, against Japan. So I was like, oh, this is cool. So obviously I've got all the guys that I've played with, with Italy and then I've got yeah. all the Wasps guys as well. So I'm like, this is basically everyone. Yeah. <laughs> And then Andy, I played against loads in England and I was like, ah, yeah. So yeah. it was a very easy, like, coming into the team didn't feel like I was joining a new team. It felt like I was just changing kit. Like, it was... That's really yeah, cool. It was nice. And the green and white suits you. And the green hair really suits you. I do like the green. I need to re-dye yeah. it. And you still got the pink because they're playing pink for the for the Challenge Cup. Oh, so happy about the pink, the away kit. <laughs> I love the pink kit. <laughs> it's a really good pick. I mean, both the, the kit for... Benetton's pink and also Zebra's pink kit. I'm a big fan of. I wasn't sure initially with the the black socks, black shorts, but it actually goes quite well. It really works. Yeah. Thank you. Can I just say, guys, I spent the last three episodes of our podcast commenting on the kit and these two have had nothing to say. So it's great to have somebody on the podcast who I can talk fashion with. Like, for me, the, the brighter the colour, the better, especially with kit. I'm like, we want to stand out. For sure. Yeah. We always, we used to say, so Eddie and I are actors and um, one of the best pieces of advice we ever got from one of our um, coaches, directors, was if you go to an audition, wear one piece of clothing that is super, super bright. Because normally in an audition, mm. there's going to be like 30 people and they won't remember your name. They won't remember your face, but they'll be like, oh, the girl in the orange sock. And that's how you stand out. That's why I've got multicolored well, It's the hair. same with rugby trials. People used to wear like odd socks or something which makes them stand out. Or pink boots. So yeah. The pink boots. Then you have to be fast if you wear pink boots. <laughs> That's why I never had any pink boots. <laughs> that was such a, it was always when you were younger, if you had white boots or pink boots, I'm like, you have to be good now. Oh. I was like, well, 
I am. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it works. And were you, I'm going back now, but were you always a wing or, I mean, now you wing and center. Is there a position that you prefer playing or is it kind of whatever the team needs, you're happy with either? My first position was actually prop, which is uh, <laughs> very random, but I went prop for one game and then they were like, mm, probably not. And then I was, num- <laughs> I, was, I was a number eight for three seasons and I loved playing number eight. That was fun. Wow. And then center wing and then back to center and now both. So. Basically, yeah, basically you, the majority of my career has been centre wing, but I was a forward in my youth and I still kind of play like a forward now. So so if for whatever reason, Burnerton was down and needed a back row, you could, you know, step in. Yeah, everyone always jokes I could cover hooker if I wanted to. I'm like, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, a, a, a utility, you're a utility back and a utility forward. Yeah, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just put me in there. Although when we do five metre scrums, like attacking ones i'm like put me in number eight and let me pick i want to do it <laughs> i'm like it's a tactic yeah it is yeah. to get away from the it, seven it, it is yeah. a tactic and how often do you probably look over and see some back row standing on your wing and you go what the hell are you doing here well it's exactly yeah, the same yeah i'm gonna i'll pitch it and they'll say no but <laughs> i think you know I'll you can you, you can but ask what's the worst that'll happen as you say they'll say no they might be like go like, give it a go they might be mortally offended. The same weight as the forwards, anyway. <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> I'm heavier than Jamie George, apparently. But he was a very fast wing in his prime. Long time ago. <laughs> I feel like we could chat for ages, but so we don't know if he's told you this. <laughs> but we sent some questions to your partner in crime, Jacob Umanga who's answered some questions. Oh, yeah. And this, we decided we're going to call it a test of composure. Okay. Has right. he told you about this? No. No, because hey. I, th- I think he's got a sneaky edge. You know, he even sa- he sent us a video. We're not going to use the video now, but he sent he took it really seriously and he sent us a video with these, with these <laughs> questions. It's basically just to see how tight this bromance really is. I mean, I wanted to call it a Miss, Mr. and Mr. quiz, but the boys were like, no, that's a bad name. We're going to call it a test of composure. A test of composure is good. That's good. I'll take it. Okay. We'll ask a question, and then you say what you think Jacob's is, and then you'll okay. say what yours is, and we'll see if he got it right, guessing yours, and if you get it right, guessing his. <laughs> okay. Uh, Start with some easy ones. So the first question is, Mother's maiden name and the back three numbers on your credit card. <laughs> wow. <Well. laughs> I was like, that's not what's written down, Eddie. What are you doing? Right. Umaga123. <laughs> no, this one, we'll start. This is a nice, simple one to start off with. What is Jacob's favourite colour? I don't know. <gasps> that's, not, that's not a question you ask someone. He doesn't. Uh... I'm, I'm telling you, they get a lot harder than this. So. And he also true. wears a lot of colours. We're both very colourful people, but he can probably guess mine because it's more obvious. I think he did guess yours. What's yours? Mm, mine's red. No, oh, he got it wrong! He got it, he got it wrong! He put pink. He put he pink. pink. He said you're a very colourful guy, but he thinks it's pink. Pink and red, yeah. So, and this, Can we give half a point for pink? We give half a point. Yeah. I don't know what he... I'm going to say like orange or something. Oh no! What did Jacob's, he say? Uh, Jacob's favorite color, and he's like, he wasn't even like, oh, I have a lot of favorite colors. He was like, no, I have one favorite color. Jacob's favorite color is green. Green. <laughs> Don't believe him. And he was Fake like news. adamant. And when we chatted to him, he was in a green hoodie, and he was like, it's my favorite color. And then when we did this, he was like, green, it's my favorite color. I wear lots of green. Never seen him wear green. <laughs> He was painting a wall in his house green, so it might have been yeah. subliminally affecting him. Yeah, never seen him wear green. <laughs> Apart from the Benetton kit. It's fake news. Fake news. He's, he's setting me up. Well, so far he's got half a point and you've got no points. Yeah. Moving on. Okay. What is Jacob's birthday? Oh, God. <laughs> no, I know this. Um, it is the 18th of July. Are you gonna? Do you want to stick with that answer? Oh my god! No, because I know this because I was literally <laughs> not good with birthdays. 
I forget my dad's birthday, so. Okay, well, I mean, you've got the month right. Should we will give you? I know it's no, I know it's in July. It's either you know the year. Yeah, 98 is a year younger. I'm not that bad. Okay, so you got the year. We got the year. We got the month. Oh, my God. You said the 18th, did you? Yeah. Yeah. And we've got here the 8th. Half oh, no, month. no. No, it is. I think it's the 8th. <laughs> <laughs> well, you and can't say that now. If I'm going to give you a half. You're going to have to cut this. You're going to have yeah, to cut yeah, this yeah. whole segment. And, <laughs> and your birthday is? 18th of February. Oh, he <gasps> got it wrong. He got it wrong. He went 16th of February. Dark horror. There you go. We're both I mean, bad friends. God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it, it, again, you're not. All if because it's actually an impossible question. I'm not having this because if someone asked me what um, when Coach's birthday is, all I could say is it's sometime in August. August, I'd go like, August. Yeah, I don't yeah, really that's care true. About birthdays. I don't know, do you do you know my birthday, Coach? <laughs> Is it Feb- it's in February. It is yes, it's in February, yeah. but okay, do you know well, when, though? All you need is a month. There you go. I guess boys yeah, are just February. not as good at yeah, yeah. birthdays. It's not like we get each other presents. Yeah. So it's no, like, no. It's, your <laughs> oh, it's your birthday. All right, well, fine. I think that neither of you got that right. Question three. Well. Getting if, into the... Yeah. If you weren't a rugby player, mm-hmm. what would you be or what would you have wanted to be? So what do you think Jacob said about you? Uh, probably fashion designer. He went graphic designer. Wrestler. He went graphic yeah. <laughs> or professional wrestler. <laughs> so Jake said graphic designer or play for the NFL. Oh, NFL, yeah. He was true. like, he said that apparently you were quite close to that as a, as a possible. That would be something I'd do now. I'd be a, uh, just disappear from rugby off the grid and then end up yeah. in America. Yeah, that then would... we'd never have you back on the podcast. <laughs> you can do it from America. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, and that. what do you think Jacob would have wanted to be, or what would he have done? No, because he—I feel like he's gonna be a coach afterwards. Oh, but I don't know if it's something he would have wanted to do if he wasn't playing. The yeah. fact he's given you two options. The first one is pretty obvious because it's actually something he's sort of done. What fashion design? Well, it's not just, design. He was like, I want to start a brand. clothing brand. Yeah. brand. And yeah. then the other one is a sport that he would have gone to play. Oh, before. basketball. Yeah, yeah. Great, you, we'll give you that. Ellie really fed those answers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm helping them out here. With it's, very, it's, very, it's, it's very vague because it's like, would I have wanted to do that instead of this or would I have wanted to do that as a child or would I have wanted to do that after? So yeah, Don't so... try and blame the question. <laughs> I blame the question. It's the the questions were very well thought out. <laughs> question four. What is Jacob's biggest phobia? Mm, that's a good question. Again, not something you talk about as boys. He took this very seriously. Yeah. When yeah. we tell you what his phobia is. How is he with heights? Have I been in any high places with him? <laughs> well, well, we'll give you this. I don't think I don't think this is going to be coming. I'm not Jacob, even sure this is a Jacob, phobia. It definitely is, but it, it, in true comic relief style, <laughs> this is meant to be a, a fun part. And his phobia is death. Oh, I was about to say, don't say he said death. <laughs> That's not a fear. And he took it really seriously in the video. I was like, oh God, it must be something he really worries about. He, he said it straight away. There was, no, there was not a moment's hesitation with that one. That's, that's very depressing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and like, then he struggled gonna... with yours. What's your, do you have a phobia? I'm not really scared of much. I'm just a tough guy. Yeah. yeah, well, that's kind of what he, no. yeah, sort of what he said. Um, I'm probably just too relaxed to be scared of things. <laughs> Worrying me relaxed. Um, I don't know, probably going bold. That's a fear. That's an Eddie. Eddie, that's your fear. <laughs> if you if you are worried about that, we've got some good connections at a place in Turkey. And we'll get... I mean, my, my, my granddad's 92 and he's got a full head of hair, so I think that'd oh, be sweet. But... You'll be oh, fine. fine. And it yeah. can't really be a phobia if you're not that worried it's about not, it. It's not a phobia. I was just like, I well, Jacob know. really didn't know, and he said that he he didn't think you had any phobias, but he was like, if I had to say one, I'd say heights. Oh, I like heights. <laughs> Ridiculous. Do you two know each other? <laughs> <laughs> Question we're gonna five. To, we're going to have to disband this whole yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. What, what, what is his favourite food? I'm going to say sushi. <laughs> His favourite food, he said, is pizza. Really? Uh, yeah, but but then he did say on our podcast that he puts, I think, shrimp on his 
pizza. So if I'm really pushing it, that's a seafood. Maybe you can have half a point for sushi. Yeah, let's give him half a point. Pizza. <laughs> seafood pizza. <laughs> and now um, for you, he was 100% sure on this one. So what's your favorite food, Paolo? Uh, no, he's probably said chicken, hasn't he? He said yeah. chicken. <laughs> but it needs to be more specific. He put, he put chicken slash jerk chicken. Oh, yeah, that's... Not right. And then he was like jerk chicken that Paolo would make himself at home. He was very specific. See, that is very specific and that's semi-right. Okay. But if it was very specific, he'd say thighs or wings. Uh, no breast. No, it's boring. Never breast, yeah. You're right, it is. Yeah. That's, 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 you're right there. Mm. I used to go to KFC, I used to specifically order legs. Anyway. That's the best bit. Now, question six is super specific. So I'm going to need a really specific answer from you. What is your favorite drink? And he said that if you don't say this, you're lying. (laughs) 100% he's put rum, hasn't he? He put a specific brand. Rum, oh, Captain Morgan's? No! Or Kraken, or Kraken? No! No. Did he put Ray and Effie? Yeah. Yes. yes <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not my favourite, but it's like a toxic joke between the two of us because we both used to just get really drunk of Ray and Effie's. Well, he did say it's our, it was quite um, cute. He was like, it's our joint favourite drink together. Yeah. But we both hate it. But what do you mix it with? Uh, usually lemonade. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Tick, tick, tick. What was your first game together? Do you remember? First game playing together or just on the same pitch? No, th- yeah, playing together on the same like. For, we didn't specify. We kind of assumed it would be together. Yeah. On the, the first same time pitch. I played, the first time I played was against him when I was <gasps> Staffordshire in the 16s versus Leicestershire in the 50s. Under 16s, but he was playing a year up. Oh my god, that's so cute! I wonder if that he was remembers the first time that. Wow. He does because we we battered them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he, re- he remembers. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't mention it when we asked him. And he had a massive afro at the time. It was funny. <laughs> okay. oh, well, you get the point there. He put uh, just some point at the Leicester Academy. Maybe he Worcester, or, Worcester Northampton or Northampton. He was very vague. Yeah. We, played a, we played our first game on like three different teams together. So it's like, at <laughs> yeah, this point, true. it's just like... Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, favourite song. He said, I mean, his was a very... You're never going to get it, so I'm just going to tell you. It's a Spanish song um, by Grupo Frontera and Bad Bunny. I don't know if you know it. Un Chanto song. Oh, no. I know he was on the tip song. of his tongue. He was about oh, to say. He was going to say, that's I'm his favourite that song. No, so I'm, I know I'm the giving, song. I just have no idea what it's called. Oh, okay, great. Well, he plays uh... it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, he also didn't know what yours would be, but he said, and I mean, you can take this up with him, but he was like... Did he put something fat? <sighs> Yeah, he was like probably some sad boy song like Rod Wave yeah. or something. But then he said, he's right. "You have to ask him what your favorite song together is, like your couple song. What is your joint favorite song?" "State of God." Yeah, doing so well, ding Always. ding ding. Yeah. This is great. Look, we started off pretty weak, but now oh, we started off rocky. Started off rocky. <laughs> we're back. We're back. We're friends got- again. Right, we're, we're basically done. Um, oh, he asked, and these last two questions are actually Jacob wanted to know. So he made these questions up. He wants to know what your favourite composure club item is. Oh, so my favourite is probably anniversary season one or the first varsity jumper. That's what he said. In mm. what colour? Green. Yes! Yeah. That's yep. what he said. And what do you think's his favourite? I'm not sure, because he wears everything. I'm just a great designer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what we've made anymore. We've done a lot of stuff. I think he said, well, he said originally it was the first hoodie, the um, black and oh, white. Oh, the, the first, first hoodie, yeah. I think True. he said that. The first, and then he yeah. said now he likes the white, the white tee, the athletics club. Exactly. I even forgot about athletics club. That was one of our most recent things. <laughs> That's how busy you are, Paolo. Um, last, last question. And I thought this was a fun last question. That, again, he's he threw out there. What names did you both come up with for Composure Club before you stumbled on well, it? It wasn't Composure Club. These are both two... For brands. Brands. Three oh, Composure Club. Yeah. So we both, had, we both had our own equally depressing brands. <laughs> <laughs> Mine was Antisocial Extrovert. Oh, he his... got it wrong. He said introverted extrovert. 
That makes no sense. And his is party for one. Party for one. Yeah. He still wants party for one to be yeah. a thing. So. I still want anti-social extroverts. It's, <laughs> it's, the, it's the sad boy branch off of the yeah, plan. Yeah. Actually, yeah, anti-social extrovert and party for one are both sort of the kind of person in the corner the of the party, you know? Yeah, yeah. literally. It's the same thing. <laughs> was, yeah, they're both like written. quite far away from Composure Club, but I love the name Composure yeah, Club. Yeah, I don't know what happened. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know when I got so positive. <laughs> <laughs> but well done you, you did very well in the end it started off not great but in the end you pulled it back and i'm gonna say that should we should we say paolo beat jacob yeah i'm still not convinced i'm green also jacob asked the question of the last question the name of the brands and got you yours got wrong. wrong so Crazy. yeah yeah Crazy. you're the winner well done i think you made a t-shirt with it as well <laughs> did you yeah. And then he was like, oh, maybe it's extroverted introvert. It's one of the two. So he was... Antisocial extrovert. <laughs> Come on. Aside from everything, I want to give Composure Club a massive plug because I love what you guys do. I'm currently rocking. I love them. Loose heads, dude. It's good, It's too. so great. I wanted to get more for um for a couple of friends for Christmas, but it was like a limited thing. Yeah, those ones were tough because we did it as a pre-order. Super cool. But yeah, I like those. Really cool. Uh, do you, um, how do you find the time? Like, when do you get the time to run a business alongside being a rugby player? So I, Jacob does all the businessy stuff. I, I just draw. Great. <laughs> well, when do you find the time to, do you literally just do it in your spare time and then you just chuck in some designs and go like, have a look at those? Basically, yeah. But it's That's all, cool. because we're surprisingly very organized, nothing to do with me. <laughs> we kind of have everything planned out in advance. Oh, that's the so, key. Yeah. So like the designs for our next few releases are already done. That's so cool. So they're already made. Are they pictures of me? Yeah. <laughs> Just in different angles. Yeah. <laughs> Under the chin. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. So you've got like what for the next however many months already? Basically up, yeah, basically up until maybe December. That's so organized. Is that so? Is Jacob super organized? That's Jacob. That's wow. all Jacob. If you see his house, the so there's like a big glass window. It's got like a basically a giant planner on it. That's amazing. Oh, I'm like, I could never do that. Yeah, I just do I would, stuff as it happens. I would love to be that person. I mean, I think like that's case in point. The fact that like between us, we've been trying to organize this um this interview for like six months yeah. and both of us are like oh sorry no i'm in finland this week oh no i've got this like, we're just not not organized enough yeah no. i just like <sighs> i'm like oh yeah i might do that design i'll just be like i'll be just walking through when i'm on one of my robes and i'll be like oh that'd be cool on a t-shirt and i just go and figure it out the creative process is bizarre but yeah it works sometimes but it sounds then like you've got a great balance between like you being the creative one and yeah, it's like the yin and yang. Yeah. Oh yeah. If we were, if we were both like me, there'd be no brand. Like, <laughs> nothing would get done. But if you were both like Jacob, there would be no art. Yeah, true. We'd be very organized. Very organized <laughs> with nothing to sell. <laughs> or maybe maybe just white t-shirts. They sell. They do sell. <laughs> no, but I really love the stuff. So well done, guys. I think it's I don't think it's so cool that you've alongside like all of the whirlwind of the last year and everything changing and now you're back together again and you can like you know it must be much easier to run a business and and just be creative and collaborate when you're living in the same city as opposed oh, to yeah. it, it was hard doing it over zoom i felt like i had a real job yeah, yeah, yeah. I, was like, I, don't, I don't like this <laughs> scheduling zoom meetings for business calls or like yeah yeah what's going on might, might have been a good reason to like feel like okay i want to stay a rugby player for as long as possible because like the real world yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh paolo thank you so much this has been amazing we won't keep you um i realize we've kept you way longer than i said we yeah. were going to keep you for so okay. um yeah thank you i'm so we are thrilled that you are in italy playing for italy playing for benetton it's just yeah we're, we're loving watching you play um and i'm super excited for the future um, yeah, thank you for taking the time to join us and chat. And I, we will see you because we're coming for the derby, not the Zebra one, the Benetton one. Um, oh, the home game. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, we're nice. super excited. Um, what is your prediction for the derbies? What do you think? How do you think they're going to go down? Double win for the yeah. boys in green. And and with the bonus points. 
We'll see. <laughs> I don't want to put... I can't jinx our try scoring. I was yeah, like, yeah. I'll take four points. And the aim for the overall season, I mean, I guess you guys, you guys are going to be aiming for beating this year. You've got to knock out to the Challenge Cup. You're aiming for the playoffs of the BKTURC. Big hopes for this season? I think it's got to be playoffs. Like, the way we're trending at the moment and the fact that we've come up against a lot of the best teams in the league already mm. and we've done well, it's like, well, we definitely deserve to be in that top. So now it's just keeping our momentum going and then hopefully playoffs, Champions Cup next year, which would be something that I don't know if the club's even done before. Well, you, you used to do Champions Cup because it used to be um, the system was slightly different. So the top Italian club would be automatically oh, yeah. in the in the Champions Cup. But that's often not the best way of doing it because sometimes, you know, you'd be in the Champions Cup with a really tough pool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas this yeah. way would be like fully deserved. And I think it would be fully deserved. Um, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm still a little bit annoyed. We did a whole episode on it, the monster draw. I'm, I'm, oh, okay. Coach was a bit 50-50. Eddie was like, well, you know, to win against Monster. But I was like, no, fuckers. No, that was a win. That was a win. But you know what? It's still early days of the season. And as you say, to have played like those big teams and to have come away with the the record that we've got already this far in, I think it's really cool. It's really Mm. exciting. Yeah. And I think also Benetton did get into the Champions Cup once by merit. I'm just saying, I know someone will write in and say they didn't. So they got into the playoffs, the uh, throw 14. And just lost a monster, and I think I, say, I, don't know. That. Oh, yeah. I didn't even know how to watch the URC until <laughs> now. So, oh, we're if trying it to watch it. Better, neither does coach. <laughs> coach found out about it six months ago. Up until a couple of years ago, trying to watch Benetton play was impossible in England. You'd you'd have to you'd you'd often watch it with Welsh commentary, or you'd watch it with Irish commentary, and then you'd be. You know, you'd have to VPNs coming out your ears to get it. And then quite often the game would just be like not televised at all. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. It was literally like trying to, I don't know, get through the CIA, like banking system, trying to watch a, a rugby game. But now it's the other way around. The premiership's a tough one because TNT Sport don't show all the games on there. Yeah, it's so, so dumb. So sometimes you just miss some. Have I don't know if you've had the rumour that now like some of the English clubs might be interested in the URC, which would be... Yeah, I mean, it makes sense because we're all in the same place, but also then who's left playing in the Premiership? Yeah, we'll see. Um, I'm still unsure. I mean, this is another conversation. We'll end this podcast. I'm still unsure about the South Africans playing in the URC just because it's like when we go to them, they always win. When they come to us, it's like it's the travel time. It's It's hard to get the fans. It is just hard. And going from like winter rugby to summer rugby in a week. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's not not fun on the body. The English teams just make more sense, but then England being England, they always want to do their own thing, you know? Yeah, but they, I don't know if they want to join. But no, well, that's the, the, another story, but they should, <laughs> the lack of promotion into the Premiership is just a disaster, in my opinion. Like, Jersey deserved a place at the top table in the Premiership, and then to have it, like, the rug pulled from underneath them, which then led to the basically the demise of the club because all the sponsors left when they realised there wasn't going to be an opportunity for Jersey yeah. Red. And why does Jersey need a stadium that holds 10,000? There's barely 10,000 people on the island. Yeah. It's, and it's not many teams get 10,000 people in anyway. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. look, Benetton's looking at building this stand and it's going to increase capacity to what? Seven and a half? Seven and a half thousand is still like really decent turnout for like club rugby. Yeah, it's a good size. It'll feel good. Like, I mean, right now it does feel like they need this stand because it does... Amazingly, like they're selling out pretty regularly now. Paolo's bringing in the crowds. Yeah, yeah. When we first started going, it w- very rarely did we ever see it sold out. So the fact that it's yeah. now doing it kind of week in, week out. Time for a stand. Yeah, yeah, definitely needs another stand. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, right. thank you so much, Paolo. Grazie mille. Thank you so much for joining us. No worries, I really enjoyed it. Grazie. Oh, what a nice guy. What a nice guy. Top bloke. And he's right, Solihull isn't in Birmingham. He's right. He's a nice guy who went to a better school than you could get into, coach. <laughs> they wouldn't let me in. What a cool guy. Well, that was great talking to him. It's been a long time coming and he was just as fun, just as fun as Jacob was a couple of months beforehand. So it makes sense yeah. why they're besties. Um, this will be coming out in uh, to replace, obviously, the Benetton win uh, versus Perpignan that happened at the weekend. Massive win. We've sort of mentioned it with Paolo. 29-7. They've come away with that bonus point in the 81st minute. 
just great 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 and it's i think the only thing i want to say is that it's wonderful to have rhino back rhino's clicked into gear he got two tries he got us that bonus point i was buzzing for him um but uh, before we close this it would go amiss we would be amiss if we were not to mention very briefly the zebra win against oyonnax away massive 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 20 they won 14 21 commentators said it was their first win in the challenge cup for about three years incredible uh, but again this just goes to show you how the mentality has changed not just of the players not just of the club but also of the fans because we all sat here and went it's going to be tricky but we think they can do it and a year ago you, nobody was sitting here thinking zebra could win anything let alone a, a game away from home in the challenge cup so there you go it's all to play for it's still all to play for next weekend this weekend coming is the derby we're so excited we released a little video of eddie getting the players ready for the derby um which has been proving very popular and very silly how do you think it's going to go coach this one this weekend is in palmer well obviously i'm a benetton fan so but it's going to be close it's going to be close do you think very, i think it's going to be really close yeah and you think whoever wins is going to get a four try bonus points you think like a high scoring or a i don't think it'll be as no. high scoring as you expect it because Derby's traditionally yeah. very scrappy, dogged mm. games. There's something about them which means they're just a yeah. bit brutal. There'll be a kick in it. There'll be a kick in it. Wow. Okay. But Benetton will win it. Yeah. Well, that's well, good because so. if it is just a kick in it, it means that Zebra at the very least get a losing bonus point. Well, we'll be back after that. Thank you so much to Paolo for coming on. I had a blast. We've got to go. We'll see you next week. Forza Benetton, Forza Zebre. Thank you. Like us, rate us five stars. Ciao a tutti. Grazie mille. Ciao. Ciao.